Já viu o rico namorar pobre? Happy Friday, everyone. Um, it's your favorite Friday crew. You know the usuals, the regulars, the people you love to hate so much. The plastic. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You know the mother vibes. Um, so we are back again for a very special episode of Say La Tea. Why? Because it's always special when the three of us get together, baby. Even I was confused for a second. I said, what's special about this week? <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but my Hi. presence is a present. So wherever I am Kiss is a special ass. location. You're right. You're right. So um, before we dive in, how were your weeks? How did everything... How's everything going for you? I mean, it's annoying because coronavirus still exists. Police brutality still exists. It's exhausting to be alive in this day and age, but we are managing. So how are you guys doing? Sherry, I'll let you go oh, you first. You want me to go first? Oh, thank you so much. Um, this has been a pretty crappy week. I am trying my best to keep a positive attitude and it's hard. It's hard. You know, the best thing I did this week, uh, you guys might not care, but I was able to clean a red stain out of my carpet and it was amazing. It took a couple hours. You don't know how gratifying that is because it was like a strawberry puree that I didn't know I dropped and it was there for hours. And to get it up and use my knowledge of science, which is very basic, by the way, and watch this little science experiment happen, I was just over the moon. It took like five hours and it made me so happy. <laughs> that okay, was share not the science guy. Talking about your <laughs> knowledge of science. <laughs> the only science you have knowledge of is what you learned from Bill Nye or from the afternoon program Zoom. Zoom. So I really yes. need to stop acting like you're a scientist because that's a bold based lie and you know it. Shane doesn't actually know what that is because he's a generation zer. Are you so. fucking kidding me? I'm not. I'm. I'm not a Gen Zer. Are you kidding me? All the, however, we do stand the Gen Zs right now. Those Zoomers I are do stand them, yes. They're hilarious. <laughs> they are. Hilarious. I mean, we have a lot to learn from Gen Z. Clearly, which is so embarrassing. But okay, I'll give them that. It's okay. They have a lot to learn from us too. But they say that. They they yeah, exactly, that. and, and no, we and we admit it too. They love to make fun of millennials. No, they and we love to make fun of them. No, but they That's also true. said on Twitter. I was reading a thread on it. They were like, "But it's a joke. We actually really appreciate you guys. We're just joking. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff to joke about too, like Tide Pods." <laughs> that exactly. Like, yeah, y'all come and read us, please. Like, we're also we deserve to be read a little bit, but um they were like what are you guys gonna do talk about it on your podcast me actually right. yes <laughs> actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways amanda i do know what zoom was i used to watch Zoom when i got home after school anyways so this week um i it's been a tough week for a couple of personal reasons um but beyond that um one of my favorite video games uh, came out with a sequel recently. It's The Last of Us 2. And that came out last week. And I spent the weekend binge playing that. Um, and it was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly bleak. But at the same time, like, 
worthwhile and and i loved it a lot of people are very divisive on it but it essentially takes place in seattle um in the world there's a it's after a, a viral outbreak goes crazy and um seattle essentially was in the middle of a civil war between the civilians and the militarized force known as fedra which just strikes way too close to seattle proper currently um so it was weird thinking i was going to get you know something to kind of take me out of the current state of everything and actually you're (laughs) in it virtually so um but it's great i highly recommend it Hmm. i don't know how to play video games uh besides (laughs) that one game that was on ds uh what was it called like pet shop or something like that Animal, no, not Animal Crossing. It's pre Animal Crossing. It's something we like had Nintendo pets. DS, N- Nintendo That's Nintendo Dogs. Girl, no, <laughs> you didn't even play Pokemon. You okay. played Nintendo. No, I played that. I played Pokemon. I played Mario Kart. I played Nintendo Dogs, and that's the you know video games give you a tutorial before <laughs> the game starts, right? Like in the beginning, they have a tutorial set up so that you know how to play. No, Shane, I didn't know that clearly. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't play video games. <laughs> Well, they do. They give you a they give you a thing and say this is what you need to do to play this, and you go great. Well, thank you for that information because maybe now I could blow off some steam playing some video games. Like, thank you for educating me rather than being a dick. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Um, My week has been decent. Not that either of you asked. I did notice. Um, So thank you for that. Amanda, we go around in a circle. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) no, I'm really feeling like you guys are not loving on me right now. It's very honestly. My apologies because we did not ask Shane. Do not get defensive. Okay, girl, how are you? And I just did. How was your week? <laughs> my, <laughs> my week has been good. Thank you. I just moved into a new apartment. It's been a lot of transition during this time, which can be very stressful because, you know, everything is so up in the air. Like, will I be treated like a regular human being finally at some point in life? Probably not. But let me go ahead and move my shit to a new apartment. Like, it's just stressful, you know? (laughs) But I honestly... It's good. I like my new place. Um, it's good energy in this new apartment. I need a smudge stick so I can make sure the devil jumps out of the window. Um, doesn't try I to got you, girl. I'll get you a, a smudge stick. Yeah, but I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better than I've been feeling these past few weeks. Um, well, I then think hold a lot that of smudge that- stick far away if you go if you're going back into it. <laughs> Shut up, Shane. You are so <laughs> annoying, and you always have been, Shane. <laughs> Anywho, I'm feeling better than I've been feeling these past few weeks because I am really thankful for true allyship. I think what a lot of people are experiencing right now, especially Black people, is this kind of um, burnout and fatigue, not just because George Floyd died, but because we've lived our entire lives battling racism, and it's like, Every single day is reopening that wound when you see people posting on social media or wanting to talk to you about it at work. Like it's, it can be a lot. So um, I'm thankful for allies who've kind of alleviated some of that burden of educating people. 
Mm-hmm. It's allowed me to kind of, I feel, take a step back for a little bit, which is much needed. One of those allies is Shane, because Shane has gone balls to the wall for the past few weeks. And <laughs> I wake up and Shane's like, by the way, Brianna Taylor. And I said, OK, great. <laughs> Let me just reshare this real quick and go about my day. So you know what, Shane? Thanks for doing the work because a bitch is tired. Okay. (laughs) I mean, no thanks necessary. It's like, I I wish everybody was doing it. That's part of why I do it is just to like, I've already started to see people starting to slip up a little bit and get back into the, the regular swing of things. Uh, So it's like, well, the least I can do um, if I can't donate every single day is to at least remind people of what's going on and try to help not let it get quiet. So Yep, and you certainly are. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> my favorite thing that I sent, I sent this to you guys, but it's one of my favorite pictures that's come out of this, and it was a animation of a unicorn with, like, flames coming off of it, and it looked really pissed off, and it just said, it is no longer Gay Pride Month, it's now Gay Wrath Month. And I said, honestly, it's just ain't me right now. <laughs> that's totally your energy, and I live for it. I live yeah. for it. Listen. Honestly, gay rap might even be scarier than like a woman scorned. Honestly, listen, oh girl, gay rap. <laughs> no better watch it. <laughs> <laughs> gay rap is what started Stonewall, so I mean, I'm mm-hmm. scared. How about we hop into this week's events? I know last week we touched on lack of diversity in Hollywood. Um, it seems like the Oscars, the number one perpetrator of said lack of diversity, is trying to make amends. Yeah, so essentially, and I'm not going to lie, it is, it is very uh, generalized. Like, I, I don't even really know. I think this, I'm not going to lie, part of it sounds a little bit like a bit of a publicity stunt. But at the same time, like, I'm here for it if it's true, if it's true and if it's what they believe and they're going to actually do something about it. But essentially, they have the Academy has stated that they are setting up a task force, quote unquote, to develop and implement new representation and inclusion standards for Oscars eligibility by July 31st, 2020. Um, And this is part of its new initiative called Academy Aperture 2025. And apparently we're going to start seeing the first ripples of it um, with the 94th Academy Awards, which is the one that's going to be celebrating the 2021 film. So that would be in 2022. Um, if you're as confused as I am as to what that means, I, sorry, I, because me too. Like, I don't know. Like it literally, this to me, it sounds like, you know, whenever companies try to do like a vague, like advertisement scheme where they like put like, it's all like black and there's like one little, like, sliver of something on it and it goes coming 2022 that's what this feels like i'm like okay what is it though like uh, (laughs) what are you doing about it like this is great but it doesn't sound like it's fleshed out enough for you to tell me what this actually is so i have a couple things that i could say about this one the lack of explanation around what is what like they didn't even give us their core mission like the things they're hoping to That's accomplish the thing. Like, like tell me that <laughs> like give me some examples of what you were going to be doing and what your new standard is but not this like <laughs> a- academy aperture 2021 or 2025 which i don't 
that's a whole other thing. But you know what? what it sounds like? It sounds like they have created, let's say this is a magnet school, like a new magnet is coming to the school, but nobody knows what Literally. it is. <laughs> so what yeah, are we saying? And let, me tell you, and let me tell you, I hate to say it and hate, I hate to be a pessimist. Have we ever been excited about one of those things where somebody goes coming next year? I'm, I'm never excited about it when it actually gets there. I go, oh, disappointing. Right. Because I'm like, so you didn't know what was coming and you tried to make me excited about it. And because you didn't know what was coming, I'm not excited because what the hell is this? And that being said, if they are genuinely putting in policies, whether we know what they are or not, if they're actually putting in policies to help promote diversion and inclusivity within the Academy and its voters and its its content for the Oscars. I'm all here for it. And I'm not going to be negative about it. But my thing is, I don't think this was the way to announce it, like turn it into a publicity thing, like make a statement and come out and say what you're going to be doing. Like you said, what's your new mission statement? And what are the plans to have this implemented if it's going to be starting with the 2022, um, I almost said the 2022 Olympics, <laughs> with the 2022 <laughs> Oscars um, through 2025, when it's apparently going to be complete. Like, I want to know what you're going to be doing to start that now. Like, are there going to be new people on your board? Like, what's the deal? That's my thing, too, because it's like, OK, so you're telling me this in 2020, but it's not we're not going to actually see any of the work come to fruition until 2022. Like, bitch, what's wrong with now? What is stopping you from doing it now? I'm confused. Like, what do you need two years for? Do it right now. And that's where I think with everything being attacked right now, like companies left and right being attacked for how they are or are not um, reacting to the current movement. Um, or I shouldn't say attacks. They're not all, all being attacked, but everybody's every company's in the spotlight right now is what I'm trying to say. And it, that's where to me, this feels like a bit of a performative thing to go. Mm, just say something, put it out there. 2025. Great. We're done. I don't, th I disagree with part of your statement. I agree with what you said, which is like, it's super performative, but most companies are putting themselves in the spotlight when they don't need to be there. It's a bit of a Terry yeah, Crews right. situation. Like right. even there's things I never even thought about. They're like, we're taking this down because of the implications. And it's kind of like, well, did you know it was implied that way the whole time? Because I didn't. So are you outing yourself? Like can, <laughs> what's going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's, it, that's a good way to put it. And yeah. deeper than that, random ass companies are coming out of the woodworks. Like, we are with you. I'm like, literally, what in the fuck is this? I got like an email from some random like <laughs> like homeware line that they sell at Target telling me that they like stand in solidarity with black people. I'm like, literally, I don't care. Like, this is a Tupperware brand. <laughs> like, what, this is so weird. They it were doing the same like, thing at the beginning of coronavirus, though. Like, I remember getting things from, like, Wayfair and Geico, and I was like, shut up. Like, I don't care what you're doing about COVID. <laughs> it's Honestly, so strange. Yeah, And it's, it's like, this trend started, I feel, last June with Pride, where literally random companies realized that they could profit off of people's sentiments and we're like oh great we are gonna milk this cash cow for as many dollars as it's worth and they have not stopped since then i'm like yeah okay random tupperware brand i'm glad you stand in solidarity with black people but i didn't necessarily need you to make a statement like it's so weird but i will say <laughs> to be different with that though because remember last year i remember the last time we talked in the episode i had uh, given my opinions last year about that and my thing was with pride month I think exposure was exposure. And I was like, okay, whether 
obviously, I hope that these companies are doing something about it. But there is something to be said for walking down the street and seeing pride flags everywhere from a company, whether they're profiting off it or not. I think this is a bit of a different situation where I want to know what you're doing about it. Like, this isn't a pride month that we do every single year that, you know, you're just now kind of jumping on and being a part of. It's not a celebration. This is a movement. And I want to know what you are doing besides saying Black Lives Matter. Like, I want to see the receipts from you on what what your company is doing to make sure that things change. You know what I mean? Specifically yeah. from the Academy, because yes. this is the Academy has all of the receipts from how black people are treated systemically and systematically since the beginning of American theater. So I especially need extra receipts from you, annotated bibliographies of what you are doing, because what you have as a feature film, best picture, um, and director of the year, that sets the precedent for how people treat people for the next 20, 30 years. That's a good point. Two years ago, y'all gave Green Book the best picture win. So Bingo. That's exactly why people are watching Green Book and being like, well, I followed what Green Book did. What is the problem with my behavior? Which I can understand. I can understand that. They have not been watching the films they need to watch. That's why they keep on nominating these same directors. And it's like, it's not just lack of diversity in terms of like ethnicity. It's lack of diversity in terms of actors you know how many times actors or actresses have been nominated for playing either a transgendered person or someone of the opposite gender why there are plenty of trans actors who are actors you don't need to nominate cisgendered people for playing trans people it's weird well that's where the same thing right now is happening where the new spinoff of love simon on hulu the love victor is under a lot of scrutiny because they didn't hire a queer actor for it and like you absolutely fucking could have like I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, I don't get it. They could have and should have. I don't necessarily fault the actor for taking a job. I fault the people who, I fault the casting for not thinking, because the the guy tried to come out and say like that he, he spent a lot of time confronting like his gay cousin about it and to get things right. And apparently like, I've heard the show is decent. Like I've heard it's fine. But my thing is like, hire a fucking queer actor. Are you kidding me? Right, because, like, one, queer actors exist and are already not given opportunities. People aren't writing roles that are in their stories. You know what I mean? People aren't writing stories about them. And then you finally do, and you don't even give queer people the opportunity to tell their own stories. That's upsetting. Well, I think it's kind of something that Matt Damon, I think it was Matt Damon, he said a bunch of years ago. Absolutely, it was him. You know know what I'm about to say. Always Matt Damon, he said that it is detrimental for an actor to come out as gay because it will limit the amount of roles that that actor is accessible to. And I think it's ridiculous because these statements have shaped, not are going to, they have shaped the way casting has happened over the next 10 years. He said that maybe in like 2015. Yeah, I think, I think that sounds yeah. right. And here's the thing. As ridiculous as it is, like, and as ridiculous as the things are that Matt Damon has said in the past, that one is actually true. And that therein lies the problem. And, like, that's why we saw, like, back whenever Man of Steel was going to be happening and initially Matt Bomer was announced to be playing Superman. Whenever he came out publicly. It, it was about Matt Bomer. 
Ex- oh, well, I believe. Yeah. 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 Well, because he lost the role because of his personal life. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that's where, and then that's where I have a big problem with this kind of situation because I'm like, okay, so you're going to take away a character like Superman who is, you know, classically heterosexual from a gay actor but you're not going to let the gay actors play the gay characters in shows either. You're going to let straight people do that also. You're going like, to, what is it? Eddie Redmayne? They let right? straight people do everything. Of they and do. It's Just like they let white people unfair. do everything. Didn't they let Eddie Redmayne do that and win the Oscar for it? He did. Well, did he win the Oscar for? Um, yeah, he did. he did. He sure did. He sure yeah. did. Um, I have a question for you. Maybe you would know this. Um, and maybe I'm ignorant for asking you as the gay person on this podcast, but do you know if a queer person has ever been nominated and or won an Oscar? Are, are we just doing actors or are we just, or that's what I was going to say. So if we're just doing actor, um, then no, that is not the case. The only ones that have come close to it are Jodie Foster um, for taxi driver. She was nominated actually. Yes. No, there was um, Linda Hunt. Linda Hunt won in 1983, um, and she was the first publicly out LGBTQ plus acting nominee and winner at the time of the win. So won. Yes. Shit. Queer Oscar winners. I mean, there's no, there's not much else I can say about that. There's one. Yeah, truly. They say. Um, oh, we've had a lot of. Go ahead. Ian McKellen's gay. Yeah. Kevin Spacey, they claim is gay. <laughs> Shit. Okay. I guess that's he true. Is, but right? that, here's my thing. Here's my thing, though. There, There is some discrepancy, though, when it comes down to it at the time, whereas did you win when you were publicly out or not? Okay. Either way, I mean, we don't need to mince words forever, but it's unacceptable. Like, it's Absolutely. unacceptable. They need to fix this problem from every angle. It's disturbing and it's sad because... These are the Oscars. It's not like we're talking about, like, I don't know, the investment banker awards where you would expect for it to be in- exceptionally exclusive. Like, these are the freaking Oscars. What are we and doing? What are you doing? There have been plenty of nominees and wins from straight actors, or I should say, quote unquote, straight actors who are at this time considered in the public eye as heterosexual that have won or been nominated for playing gay characters. Um, we saw it with Brokeback Mountain. We saw it with Call Me By Your Name. Um, there's, there's plenty of situations where, uh, like, uh, heterosexual actors have been rewarded. Dallas Buyers for Club. Dallas Buyers Club. Yep. Great. That's another really good example. It's, and it's things like that where, listen, once again, not to be a pessimist about it, because I do think in a situation, with a situation like Call Me By Your Name or something, there is something to be said for exposure in films. But my thing is, why can't we hire the queer actors behind it? Like, Exactly. Uh, that's just that's what that's what's baffling to me is that uh, there are so many actors out there that are capable of doing it. And better yet, like hiring queer actors for queer roles. But at the same time, like, how about we hire queer actors for anything? Like, I don't I don't know what your personal life and what you do in your bedroom has to do with you getting a fucking role. I have a question for you, and this might be controversial. Okay, so Ooh, let's our say type of question. Yeah, well, since I've quit acting as of now, right? I'm going to ask you two since you are still active. No pun intended. <laughs> um, if you are presented with a role, 
in which the character is queer or maybe even something that is not within your personal grasp that you have considered yourself. For example, if you are cast as someone, I don't know, who... Oh, this is a good example. Transgender. Would you take the role? No. I would be uncomfortable with that. You would say no to your casting director and your agent? I would ask if there were other opportunities. I w- but, well, because here's the thing. With the way that casting works, I wouldn't audition for it in the first place. If they called me back for it and they said, hey, mm. we want you to audition for this role. No. Like, I... Are the, like... I would definitely be interested in the script. Are there other opportunities available for me? I don't think it's appropriate for me as a cisgendered male to be playing a transgender character. That's not in my ethical rule book. So I agree with that. I think another thing that I may ask is, um, were there any trans actors or actresses yeah. considered for this role? If not, I know a couple who you could definitely exactly. call. Exactly. Um, I think that's something that's kind of missing in this conversation is it's like, okay, maybe they don't know these trans actors to begin with, or maybe they're completely ignorant to the fact that trans actors exist. So me using my kind of influence as a cisgendered person, I think what I would do in that case is kind of shine a light on those who need it. Like, yeah, I think you could, this is a fantastic script. You should make this movie and there's a perfect actress for it here is her information. That person is not me. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> Truly. Very good. Cause I, I hold personally, I think a lot of that also falls on the actor themselves uh, because we do have a responsibility to portray these roles in an authentic, genuine way. And if we can't do it, then we need to say no. Well, I, and I, it, it shocks me how this still happens, though. Like, I mean, we saw it a couple years ago, like with like whenever Emma Stone was playing a Chinese American woman in Aloha. And everybody was like, right. girl, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that was like, horrible. That was you have so to go through an bad. audition process. Like, how did you go through the whole audition process and not go, hang on a second? Like, that's but it my even thing. happened like, to Zoe Saldana. Remember when she was yep. she was doing they wanted to put her in blackface In blackface. I mean, to bring it back around, like, I really hope that this is where, like, the Academy, like, pulls it together at least, at least by 2022, um, just so that, you know, by the time that we do get to their their full, I guess, new idea behind what they're doing for inclusion and diversity, that this won't be a problem anymore. I, I don't have any faith that that will happen by 2022. I'm hopeful. Me neither. I'm hopeful. I know. But I'll, 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 I mean, their track record says otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. We are back. Sherry, I know that you have some spicy tea for us. Um, you sent it to Shane and I's phones and girl. Bloop, bloop. Ooh, Listen, I don't chai even... tea. Yes. Chai tea. This one oh. is spicy. It is spicy from West India. I don't know what <laughs> happens on Twitter. <laughs> Not spicy from like India. <laughs> yes, 
Yes. Okay. So I'm sure everybody is going to hear about this in literally the next couple of hours because this story is picking up speed like a category 18 hurricane. So y'all know Megan Fox. You all should. She was in Transformers. Okay. She's this, she was this huge sex pistol um, in the mid 2000s. And then all of a sudden she fell off the face of the earth, right? And everyone's like, where'd she go? Well, apparently there was a interview from Jimmy Kimmel that has resurfaced where she's talking about her hypersexualization in Hollywood when she was underage. She was 15. Um, and Jimmy Kimmel goes on to kind of laugh about it on air. Um, then Twitter gets kind of wind of this and puts it back on the forefront. And we start seeing receipts from 2009 when she was on the, the set of Transformers. And there's this whole letter that the crew has penned and wrote into Deadline. So this was a super salacious part of the statement made back in 2009. Um, and I quote, the cast, crew, and director make Transformers a really fun and energetic set. We've traveled around the world together, so we have never understood why Megan has always been such a grump of the set. When facing the press, Megan is the queen of talking trailer trash and posing like a porn star. And yes, oh. we've had the unbearable time of watching her try to act on set. And yes, it's very cringeable. So maybe being a porn star in the future might be a good career option. <gasps> But makeup beware. Um, <laughs> she has a paragraph tattooed on her backside, probably due to her rotten childhood. Easily another 45 minutes in the chair. I'm Excuse sorry, me? what? I need a Where minute to pick this? my jaw up off the fucking floor. Because that... Where was that? That was on Deadline. You know the... Ma yeah. Why would they even publish that? I'm so appalled right now. I'm appalled that I is would, the tip of the iceberg and it I is would quit acting in a heartbeat if that was me are you fucking kidding me honestly and i will tell you that it is um signed loyal transformers crew so they wrote this together that is trash disgusting yeah okay you know what this no. sounds a lot like all of this sounds like like, oh, Megan Fox being the grump of the set, blah, 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 blah. Why isn't she more appreciative? It's a lot of that bullshit that's the whole, like, what you should smile more. All that kind of bullshit that, like, just because yep. Megan Fox is this, like, absolutely just, like, she is hands down, like, objectively just a stunning woman. Like, no doubt about it. I remember thinking it, my little gay ass, whenever I was in middle school watching Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. <laughs> Listen, she was, she was a babe in that babe. movie. She was so hard. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of, I would be willing to bet a lot of this crew was probably catcalling her, probably hitting on her, probably telling her that fucking bullshit. And she probably had no part of it. And then they start to get intimidated and they write this whole fucking thing. That is disgusting. It's despicable. And I don't blame her one bit for leaving. See, if there's one thing straight men hate like the most in this world, it's a woman who won't let them be object, like won't let straight men objectify them. And I see a lot of that kind of fragile masculinity in this statement. Like what in the hell type of little dick energy is this? It's embarrassing. In fact, Megan Fox went on to say 
because Michael Bay, when the statement was released, he said, I do not condone this statement. Um, in 2020, Megan Fox was like, I just want to be clear that there was never any sexual assault that happened. She said the sentiment is nice, but not, it, it, I'm a little confused. <laughs> Wait, where did the sexual assault allegation come from? I didn't get that from the letter. So that's not. That's, I also did not. So here's the thing. That also came from Twitter. So Twitter was saying we owe Yikes. her an apology. Well, I think uh, this is uh, this is where I want to chime in and say that there are levels to sexual violence and they're kind of um, different sides to sexual violence. Like there are, are like really horrible and horrendous things that can happen to people uh, like rape and um, sexual assault and molestation. But those aren't the only forms of sexual violence that we see prevalent um, in the world. Right. I mean, right. sometimes sexual harassment, a lot of times people brush it off and think it's not a big deal, but that too is a form of sexual violence. Um, so I think it's important to note that, I mean, these grown men are talking about her she was a young woman at the time, whether she was legal or not, she was young. And for them to be talking about her in this way, about her being a porn star and this, all this other trash is just that is sexual disgusting. harassment. And it's, I believe she was 19. She was 19 um, at the time. Like, what is wrong it's with disgusting. people? She disgusting. got fired, actually. Um, and she did go when on to I say when she got fired, sorry to cut you off, Sherry, but I remember yeah. when she got fired, everyone was talking about how she got fired because she's so difficult to work with. Yeah. And I remember accepting that as an answer back then because I was in high school and didn't know any better. But now that I'm an adult woman and I know what difficult to work with means in terms exactly. of being a woman in the workplace, I'm Bingo. like, this is bullshit. This is fucking dumb. I know being difficult to work with is being a woman who doesn't let people take advantage of you and walk yep. all over you. All of a sudden, you're difficult right. to work with. So so that's what she goes on to say. So all those years ago, she said, I feel like I got a lot of pushback for saying that Men treat women like this, and that's not right. So when Me Too happened in the whole movement, she said, you know what? I'm going to bow out of this because I don't think that I would be a sympathetic victim in this situation. Which, for her to be able to say that and understand that this is not my time to tell any story, she has gone through a lot of healing because she's also said that it was the precursor to her having a psychological breakdown. Well, I think her saying that she's not a sympathetic victim is also sad because she knows that because she was an actress who was objectified on screen, was used as a sex symbol, that people aren't going to necessarily accept her as a pillar of feminism. And that's because also Because of bullshit. how they painted her in Transformers. Like all the things yeah, I've right. seen where they have her like fixing the car and like lifting the hood up and the camera's like running up her ass. Like, it's, Do you know how she yeah. auditioned for Transformers? Oh God! Do you want to no. know how she auditioned? So yeah, her audition was going to Michael Bay's house, and he filmed already her washing. Right, she was already underage. They filmed her washing his his Ferrari, like washing his car. That was her audition, and to this day, she cannot get a handle of those tapes. Like that is disgusting. That's softcore mm-hmm. porn. Yep, that's exactly and- what it is. That is trash. 
but you know what? I think the biggest problem I have with her not thinking she would be a sympathetic victim is the fact that she's right because it's this faux feminism where women who are empowered act a certain way. Well, that's also bullshit. And it's also directly from the patriarchy. If you are a woman who busted open on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, girl, go ahead and do it. Because as women, we should be in charge of our sexuality. And we shouldn't be judging other women who have a strong grasp on who they are sexually. We're all sexual people. And that's just part of the bullshit that comes with this fake ass like feminism. It's really dumb and stupid. You know, what's interesting about this too, is that like, I remember thinking back when this is going to kind of go off on a tangent, but I remember back whenever Wolf of Wall Street came out, I remember thinking Margot Robbie was like, kind of reminding me a lot of the new Megan Fox in a way with how like Mm -hmm. she was young, the way that she was being painted in the movie. But this just goes to say like, what, like, and that was at the, that was near the start of this, like, current, it wasn't in the Me Too movement, but it was very prevalent in the feminist movement. And it's interesting, like, just seeing the time difference that <sighs> Megan Fox, like, she came before all this and all this stuff with Transformers, like, we were all, all of us were young, all of us were watching it. And that was how, like, Michael Bay chose to paint her in a blockbuster film. It's so sad. Like, that is awful. When I see a woman who is in her femininity, I'm like, damn, that's a powerful woman. I wish I had more of that. But so many people are just, they're aware of their own lack. They know that they don't have that sex factor that Megan Fox has. So they want to fucking hate on her for that. Girl, I don't. And you know what? Thank God she has it. Speaking of that, so she's in her, 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 what word did you use? She's in her power as a as a woman and she's in her femininity, but she's also in her intelligence because let me tell you what Megan Fox said. Um, She said, please hear me when I thank you for your support. But these specific instances were inconsequential to a long and arduous journey along which I have endured some genuinely harrowing experiences in a ruthlessly misogynistic industry. There are many names that deserve to be going viral in cancel culture right now, but they are safely stored in the fragmented recesses of my heart. Damn. How sad. That's heartbreaking. Well, since we're kind of on the vein of um, sexual violence, I'm going to touch on this just a little bit. But uh, did you guys see what was happening with Justin Bieber? No. Okay, so let me... This all started, I think, Sunday. So this past weekend, Justin Bieber was accused of sexually assaulting a young woman by the name of Danielle in 2014. So the scoop is, very quickly, this person under the alias Danielle tweeted that Justin Bieber had raped her at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas in 2014. Um, Justin Bieber was swift and basically replied in a way that I actually kind of respect him for. He's been doing a lot of things lately that I'm like, Justin, are you learning? Like this is him recently. I mean, just to digress a little bit, did you guys see his Black Lives Matter statement? Because that was great. I did. He admitted to basically owing a lot of his success to kind of black people and appropriating black culture, which I respect you for that. If you're going to borrow it, at least make it known that it's borrowed. 
So he was accused of sexual assault and he very swiftly addressed it in a way that I thought thought was very mature and I appreciated it. He basically admitted that accusations of sexual violence are extremely important and should never be taken lightly and should be investigated by the full extent of the law. And then he went on to say, so here we go. I'll give you some receipts to investigate. He went on to basically post a deluge of receipts. It was like nothing. I have never in my life had this many receipts. I don't know how he got them so quickly. It was six years ago, but the proof was there. Apparently he was in South by Southwest with Selena Gomez. So he's like, number one, I was with her the whole time. She doesn't even like me, but I guarantee you she would admit that because we were together. (laughs) Then he posts an article from 2014 of him and Selena Gomez being together to be like, see, bitch, I told you we were together. Then he posts pictures from fans on the day that allegedly he assaulted this girl of him on stage performing because he had surprised his fans at South by Southwest. So he posts fan pictures of him on stage like people clearly saw me there then he posts another article that says that he didn't arrive in austin the night that the girl thought he didn't arrive until the next day then he posts receipts that someone said um that he was staying at the four seasons but he's saying it's impossible because he was staying at a different hotel and he proceeds to post the receipts then He says that someone saw him at a restaurant at the same time that he allegedly had met this girl. And he's like, it's impossible because here I am. He goes on and on and on to basically he accounts for basically every single minute of time that he was in Austin. Every single time. So how many receipts are there that you know of, Amanda? I'm not even joking. It's like 12 tweets. I'm looking Whoa. at an invoice. I'm looking at an invoice the right invoice. now of him <laughs> staying at the Westin. Literally, he stayed at the Westin Hotel, apparently, and posted the freaking invoice. He blacked out the prices, but the invoice is, it's real. I'm looking at it. from. It's literally stamped with the date that the alleged assault would have happened. I have wow. a couple things to say about this, but I will let you guys riff on this first. No, I'm going to take a back seat. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, go for it. I have to say, this is problematic on so many fronts. We're talking about sexual violence. We're talking about the fact that these things actually exist in real life and women are not safe. For someone to falsely accuse Justin Bieber of sexual assault is horrifying. And why? Like, you are discrediting... Women already are not believed when they say... We, I was assaulted. I am a victim. People are like, mm, yeah, bitch, you're lying. Why? Because people like this exist. And it's like even deeper than that. She had tweeted back in 2014 that she wants Justin Bieber to rape her. She <gasps> had tweeted after the alleged incident was supposed to happen that wait, like, wait. things that she would do if just um, she met Justin Bieber. So it's when like was so that tweet? Obvious. When were those tweets? It was around the same time that allegedly this happened. Uh, oh my and after 2014 she had been tweeting what she she would give anything to meet justin bieber which i mean if he raped you you guys probably had met so it's like why though what do you gain from discrediting an entire group of people in this country who really an entire need movement some- 
yes, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? And I'm the first person to believe any woman. If someone says a man sexually assaulted her, I'm believing it because I know what men are capable of. It is a huge problem that this girl is willing to take it this far in its faith. Like, what the hell? I I think he handled it in a way that was very well. well, it's, It's true. Like, you know, we should be investigating these things to the fullest extent. And here is where I was. This is my receipts on it. I'm not going to discredit her exactly, but I'm going exa- to I'm going to say exactly where I was and what I was doing and cover myself on it because it's not true. And if he it's let not the facts true, discredit that girl, that's what exactly, he did. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where if it like. Uh, yeah, like if you're going to get to the point where it if it is false and you made this false accusation against somebody you just discredited an entire movement. Just like Amanda said, like this is already something that we see constantly where it's only adding fuel to the fire for the people who believe that, Oh, well like women accusing celebrities are just trying to get attention, just trying to get money out of a lawsuit and blah, 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 blah. And for someone, a celebrity, the status of Justin Bieber, like if that's the case, like this is disgusting for, for her to do this. Like it, it just, it discredits, like we said, an entire movement of exposure of this happening in the workplace. You know what this goes to though? So the opposite has also been, you know, with every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. Isaac Newton said that bitches. So for every person that has been accusing a very powerful person of rape, there has been the flip side, right? And I think the Me Too movement has also discredited the false accusers. I truly mean that because now we have to provide receipts. She could not provide them. Justin Bieber provided them in three minutes. He said, down to the invoice. Down to the invoice. I don't want to seem like um, an abuser sympathizer. I don't think that that's ever okay. And listen, I'm not going to say that this girl can't be telling the truth. I mean, I wasn't there when Justin Bieber was in Austin. I wasn't with him. I believe people can Photoshop things. Anything can happen. But as of right now, it's looking as though she lied. It's such a specific type of crime because it, it, it's one of those crimes where the only two people that for sure know, like knew what happened is the two people involved. And so it's me against you. And it's so hard. It's one of those things where I think it's such a touchy and such a difficult. But this is the first time that I've seen the abuser, the alleged abuser say, Hey, that wasn't me. I wasn't even there with the quickness It's like, I want to move to a point in our society where we can believe women when they just say, this is what happened. We don't make them prove it beyond the full extent of the law. Like, I think that's ridiculous. And I think it's also um, kind of reopening a really tough wound for a lot of people. But Mm -hmm. it's people like this bitch that makes it that we have to do things that way. Like, it's ridiculous that you would make up a claim like this. Like, I... I'm appalled. Why would you do such a thing? Anyway, I thought that I would bring it up because it just happened and it kind of goes with what we were talking about with Megan Fox. And it's like, for you're right. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I feel like most women are telling the truth. There are that 0.01% of 
people. We don't even know if this girl is a real person. She could be a fucking bot for all we know, who tries to discredit the good work of a lot of people. And it's just sad. I think we can go ahead and take a very quick break. And when we come back, we'll kind of do what we've been doing and talk about some some media we've been consuming, some recommendations. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back with more Stay La Tea after this. All right. Welcome back. Uh, as we have been doing these past few weeks, we are kind of using our platform to amplify Black voices. Um, I know a lot of people are looking for ways to help the movement and kind of learn in the process. So, I mean, I love this part of the episode because we get to just, I don't know, brag on some people who are doing some good stuff. Yeah. I'll go first this week. Um, okay. So I think that one of the most important shows that's on right now, it's currently in halt for its third season, but season two just dropped on Netflix. And if you haven't watched it, you need to watch Pose. Um, mm. Speaking of the current oh, time period and with love it. amplifying black voices, but not just black voices, but black trans voices, it is phenomenally done it's a little campy um and i think that's part of the nature of the show like as it being intended but season one is is fantastic season two though does touch on a lot of very important topics everything from the aids epidemic to drag culture and its beginnings um down to just being black and trans and what that is like and how things have not changed you know from the 80s and 90s um until now and it's it's very well done. It's one of my favorite Ryan Murphy shows. And I feel like every time we turn around, there's a new Ryan Murphy production. Um, but Pose is one of my favorites. And um, the full season two just dropped on Netflix. Um, I highly recommend it to everybody. It's very, very important. What about you, Cher? Um, I am going to recommend... This is going to be more of a multimedia suggestion. So I want everybody to look up. First of all, watch 13th. This is going to be about the 13th amendment, which, Oh, just, it'll break your heart, especially because of Juneteenth. There was a lot of pushback. Like we didn't know about Juneteenth before 2020. Okay. That's, that's great. And I'm so sad that you didn't know about that. So we're going to, we're going to educate you watch 13th on Netflix because it's there. Um, I, would also love for everybody to look up the Atlanta race riots of 1906 and the Tulsa massacre, Rosewood, Florida. That's some history to look up. And then when you're done with that, um, oh, there's so much going on here. Hold on. I was scrolling. Let's see. I think that's it. Find your part of your page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I want you to look. I want you to look up all of that because a lot of people are confused about why people are writing. But I think it's important to go back to history. We're to still see. confused about that. I remember because I just I just hit it. So I also would like for everybody to look up. We were talking about um, voter suppression last week. I would like you to look up why your interstates were built, especially in Atlanta. So if you don't Mm -hmm. know, I-20 
when I think it was in the 1950s or 1960s, I-20 was the racial divide between Atlanta. So above I-20, north of I-20, that's where the white people were. And below I-20 is where the black people were. So that's where College Park, et cetera, et cetera. And you'll notice that most of the crime in Atlanta is happening below I-20. And that is still where most black people do live. So I encourage you to look up wherever you live, where those interstates were built because they were built strategically. And that's, that's me today. Interesting. I like mm-hmm. it. Some homework. Um, mm-hmm. I have two today. One will be an oldie. One will be a goodie. Um, a new goodie. Oldies so can be goodies. Old, <laughs> exactly. That's true. This oldie is a very goodie. Um, I was reminded of it because uh, my sister was here and we recorded the podcast last week and I actually gave her this uh, recommendation as a Christmas gift one year. And it's A Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine Hansbury. Sherry, I know you love a raisin in the sun. So, girl, uh, girl, I know. So, for those of you who don't know what that is, a raisin in the sun is a play by Lorraine Hansbury. It's a very fast, quick read, but there's something so special about reading a play. And I know the three of us can kind of speak about this forever, but the humanity of the characters kind of jumps off the page and it's as if these people are in the room with you. So I recommend reading that book because it tells a lot of the story of many, many, many different black families in America. Um, And it's just honestly really good. So read it because it's good. And also because it'll kind of help you um, get a feel for what being a black family was like in the 1950s, Sherry, or is it 60s? It might have been 40s because Lorraine Hansberry died early. That's true. It might have been and the she, 40s. Either way, yep, might have been the 40s. It was a long time ago, but y'all should still read it because it's good. Um, my new one is a show on Netflix that I honestly feel like a lot of people did not talk about, but I loved. It's called Black AF. It's a show by Kenya Barris. If you don't know him, he's the creator of Blackish and Grownish. Um, it's a very, very funny show. Uh, Rashida Jones is in it. Basically, it tells the story of a very rich Black family who lives in Beverly Hills. It's hilarious as hell. Um, kind of similar to Blackish in a sense of it's telling the story from kind of an affluent Black family's perspective. And I personally like to see those stories because. Although I think the story of the downtrodden is important, I also think it's important to talk about the story stories of those who maybe have made it to a certain status because there are many Black people who've done it. Uh, it's really hilarious. The writing is incredible. Kenya Barris plays himself, which is great. Definitely recommend it. And they just got renewed for season two today, which I'm super excited about. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. All right, well... I think that's all we have this week, my friends. A long week. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was a week. lot to talk about. I feel like we always sit down and we're like, what are we going to talk about? There's not much. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's a shit ton of shit that happened always. And that was only <laughs> yeah. three topics. That was only three topics. Well, that was only three topics? Jeez. Yes. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty more for us to talk about next week. So till then, ta-ta. 
Ta-ta. Ta-ta. <lacht> <lacht> Ciao. Okay, goodbye. I'm sorry. I hate you guys, I swear. <laughs>